Hello, and welcome to Good Film Hunting, the podcast where our two sisters living in different parts of the country talk to their friends and family about movies that they loved from their childhood. And our guest is already laughing, which means it's going to be a great day. Um, so, Eleanor, do you want to introduce our movie and guest? Naturally. Okay, so I will introduce our guest, who is Megan Hadley, who is a teacher and administrator originally from Maryland, currently residing in Chicago, but in this exact moment, not in Chicago. So, so Megan, many details. so many details. We like people to be able to find us. We've frequently given our parents' address to the by interwebs. Like total accident. It's shocking they're still alive. Um, so Megan, tell us a little bit about yourself. How would you describe yourself? How would I describe myself? Um, <laughs> a lover of adventure and the sunshine. Accurate. That's Accurate. great. I love that. That if you were to have like a super I love the summer more than the average person, I think. I agree. Oh, and let's say hello to surprise guest star Bob Huntington. Hello. He walked into the room. This is what happens Mr. right early. Wonderful. <laughs> It's Megan, Megan Hadley. Hi, Megan. <laughs> he just started laughing and then was like, who is it? <laughs> no, so that's actually a good segue because your mother, your dear old mom. Uh, she's the best. My parents. So here I am. Here you are. <laughs> I know, and it was one of the things, particularly when Megan was recently visiting Los Angeles, everyone would be like, how do you know Megan? And I was like, well, there's like a myriad of ways that we could say that we know each other. Because like, like, let me count the ways. People would hear like one element of it. They're like, oh, like friends from college. And like, yeah, like that's part of it. But then they'd be like, oh, wait, so she works with your mom currently? And I was like, yeah. And then it was like, oh, like, wait, your mom introduced her parents? I was like, that is also true. <laughs> All of these are true facts about how we know each other. It's so true. We have woven. <laughs> Yes, and what a great web it is. Okay, so on Good Film Hunting, we always start with um, our favorite thing from this past week. Thing meaning, like, something from pop culture, something that you read, something that you watched, anything of that sort. Um, so, I'm, I could go, anyone could go. Do I go first, or does everyone go? We all go. Do you, are At you... the same time, so we don't hear anything. <laughs> Is someone ready to go? I mean, I could go. I've only done, like, one thing all week, so. Tell us your one thing, Well, we've been, I, we talked about it before. Um, I have been out <laughs> wonderful world of commission because of a back problem. So I've been lying around and watching a lot of TV Aww. and movies. And um, I've been focusing a lot of time on House of Cards. And what's terrible about it is that I started watching it while I was on, like, heavy narcotics. So I would, like, watch 15 minutes of an episode and then fall asleep for an hour and then wake up to another episode. So I had to go back and rewatch all of them when I was lucid. Um, so I've been having, like, really kind of scary dreams about Claire and Frank Underwood. But that's, like, taking over my life. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. No? Okay, well, for me... I, this weekend, I kind of took, like, a break from planning social activities, which is normally my go-to activity. I, no, Megan, I swear, I, like, canceled all my activities, and then I was like, I'm only doing stuff by myself. So I obviously did a ton of activities, but 
one day I went to the Watts Towers, which is this like freestanding sculpture garden that this one Italian immigrant made in the Watts neighborhoods between 1930 and 1954, just for like giggles. Like he just did it for fun. And they're incredible, and it was so cool. And I'd been meaning to go there since I moved to L.A. almost three years ago and just hadn't. But I'd been, like, secretly wanting to go since I was, like, seven years old because it was featured in National Geographic magazine for Oh, my gosh, you would. I know. So it was, like, clearly, like, on my to-do list, and it exceeded my expectations in a positive way. And that was my favorite cultural moment. (laughs) Well... I spent much of the last, well, not exactly the week, but I've been in the backwoods of Minnesota um, canoeing out in the boundary mm-hmm. waters. So I've been pretty ignorant of all things of the pop nature. Um, <laughs> side note, I did get a leech on me. So, Ew. so leeches are your favorite thing of the week. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's but disgusting. Very, very, it, it, I would say it brought into my horizons. Good, good. Okay, so let's jump into our movie. Today we're going to be discussing The Sandlot. I feel like a fan favorite. <laughs> Lots of people have mentioned this movie, movie when they've listed their favorite childhood films. So we always start with our guest, Megan, giving us a synopsis. You can make it a haiku. You can make it a couplet. You can talk for an hour. You don't really care. <laughs> You can wrap it. Like, we believe in you. <laughs> All right. So, I would say The Sandlot is, it has a narrative, but it's not about the narrative. Mm. It's a coming-of-age story. Um, but generally, there's this kid. He's a total dweeb. His name's Scotty. He wears a fishing ball cap. Do you guys remember that part? Yes. <laughs> and he moves to the neighborhood. And the story is about him getting accepted by, like, a gaggle of boys who love to play baseball every day. This ignorance borrows a ball from his stepdad that's signed by Babe Ruth, but he doesn't know who Babe Ruth is. They hit it over the fence. There's a really, really mean dog who lives over the fence. And so it's all about their misadventures to retrieve the ball from the beast. Dun, dun, dun. dun. I'm glad we both did that, Eleanor. (laughs) (laughs) And why? But now now I feel challenged to do it in a haiku. (laughs) Do you need some some time? Does a a haiku go 575? Is that the general idea? That is. That's the general idea. Scott is a loser. Oh, shoot. That works, though. That's five. Um, (laughs) Scott is a loser. Right. Benny is the bomb dot com. Mm -hmm. Fall back now. (laughs) Oh, that was very well done. It was. So much talent. Okay, so, wait, um, sorry, go ahead. Why was this the movie that you selected, or why was it of the movies you selected? Oh, man, baseball is, like, such a key part of my childhood. I love all things baseball. I love the Baltimore Orioles. I feel like baseball movies are kind of their own subgenre, don't you guys think? Oh, for sure, for sure. 
you got the Sandlot, obviously. You got A League of Their Own. Okay. You got Field of Dreams. And I just, I mean, it's like the most quotable movie, perhaps, of my childhood. Would you guys agree? It's, yeah, I would yeah. say it's definitely up there in contention. Like, Mean Girls is so. similarly quotable. Like, there's there's definitely movies. <laughs> and this would, But this would, I would say, is high on that list. I would agree. So I just, it's just a, it's a, it's a classic. And you know what? I think it's becoming less and less relatable. But why? About later. Why do you think it's becoming less about it now? less? We can talk about it. Yeah, now. let's jump in. Because baseball is kind of dying. Yeah, I've heard that. Well, it's also, like, inherently baseball is a more complicated sport for kids in that it requires more equipment, so it tends to be more expensive. And then also, like, you can play catch with two people, but you cannot, like, field a game without – even if you're just doing infield and stuff, you need a lot of kids to do multiple multiple teams and whereas soccer like you can still play a lot with very much less well play three on three or something like that i was also i like talked to my mom about this today after we watched this movie in my convalescence um and what we both mentioned was like how different the childhood that's portrayed in the movie is of childhood today like that i see with my students, and I, I, I'm like, I'm sure that you see it too, Megan, um, but it's like, I felt when Eleanor and I were growing up in our neighborhood, we spent most of our time outside with, like, the same gang of kids and, like, got into all of these different, um, I don't know, like, problems, and today, kids don't, aren't, like, aren't outside as much, and then they don't have that kind of, like, neighborhood group of friends that are their people that they're, like, obsessed with. So, I don't know. It's I feel like it's less relatable today, but also probably important for kids to watch today to know like that that was a thing. Well, even yeah, even the um like the freedom that they're given to yes. go wherever the heck they want all day long. Exactly. Parents are so scared to like let kids roam these days. Or you know, perhaps just you don't have that kind of like kids going in and out. Parents have no idea where they are uh, kind of situation today. Totally, totally. Okay, but, okay, one thing I did want to talk about um, after watching this today was how this movie is, like, you can tell it's kind of dated because it's, like, a little bit sexist. (laughs) Like, so... I knew, I knew you were going to talk about this. Okay, okay, but, like, I have to bring it up because, like... play ball like a girl! Yes! That is, like, the biggest insult of the whole movie. These boys have gone back and forth calling each other, like, I don't know, like, fart smeller was one that I remember. Yes. Right, so all of these terrible things are said back and forth, but the one that makes them all stop is that you play baseball like a girl. But, like, outside of that line, there's only one real female character outside of the mother figure. Wendy Peppercorn. Yeah, Wendy Peppercorn, who is completely objectified in this movie. Like, completely. That is her only role, is to be objectified. So I thought I'd pull that out there, put that out there. Naturally. Yeah, no, I thought about that, because, like, nowadays, I just feel like you wouldn't have 
flack for not having a single, essentially not a single female character. Right. Or like a little girl on like the team. Bo- boys be boys, yeah. yeah. Right. Actually, I looked up to see if there were any sequels. I've never seen any. Oh, sequels. there are. There curious, are. And there is a sequel. Yeah, it's like right. awful direct to video type thing. Well, okay, another thing that we have to talk about as we talk about this movie is really, and this is weird, and I hate saying it, but, like, how attractive Benny Rodriguez is as a character. And he's, like, the best character ever. seriously. (laughs) Young and just, like, not even being really able to handle it. (laughs) Yeah, and then he's also in Mighty Ducks D2 and D3, and it was the best. Are you out for a walk, Dad? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, everyone say bye, Bob. <laughs> bye, Bob. Bye, Megan. <laughs> Did you hear that? He said bye. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, no, okay, kind of, kind of like talking about Benny the Jet as well. I feel like, has, I don't know if it's intentional or not, but has kind of like a dreamlike quality about it. So you have Babe Ruth, obviously, as kind of the myth and the legend, and that's like an underlying theme of the movie. And then you also have the very real, well, like the, the more immediate myth for them, which is the beast, right? So in their imaginations, when they tell the story and the legend of the beast, it's like this huge monster dog and like all this stuff. And then you also kind of have Benny, who's also kind of like a myth or a legend. Like he kind of has like legendary status among them. Nicest kid. The part that you like, he puts his those shoes on. I know. <laughs> and he's gonna like run faster and jump higher. And like as a kid, you buy that. You're like, yeah, man, put on those Converse, <laughs> run fast. And now you're like, what? <laughs> so it was made with its audience in mind. Because it was. Sorry. I mean, one of the most memorable scenes for me is just, like, what makes Benny different is that he does not watch the fireworks on the 4th of July, and, like, and that, to me, was so memorable. I was like, wow, this is dedication. It makes sense he plays in the MLB at the end. <laughs> yeah. I also wish, dear listeners, that you could watch Megan's face as she talks about this movie. <laughs> because, Megan, your face is, like, truly delightful talking about this movie. <laughs> Oh, that is so classic. And Eleanor, you should talk about that. You liked dipping. I only dipped for 15 seconds one day in college. So. I mean, I've dipped several times. It's been about five years, if not longer. Um, But yeah, it's just so silly. And it's like so gross that it makes sense that like this would be what children would want to do with their time. kind of like a, a norm of the genre of sports movies is like a training montage with like you know pump up music but instead of a training montage they just have a montage of people throwing up all over the place it's truly <laughs> disgusting this movie was made for children <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, can we talk about Dennis Leary being in this movie? Yeah. He's I w- so young. You want to talk about Dennis Leary more than you want to talk about James Earl Jones, but whatever. No, I was going to talk about both. I almost threw them both out there in the same sentence, and then I was like, no, you got to hold back. But, like, James Earl Jones, his voice is so compelling, it's crazy. Also, I don't really think that he um, convinced me he was blind. Like, he could kind of move too well around his house to convince me that he was blind. But I don't know if, the, if anyone else felt that way. <laughs> method acting yes I don't know and I could like see his eyes what who oh oh um Alan uh Audrey Hepburn yeah, she did a great job. I've oh, never yeah, we, seen that movie. Yes, you have. No, I haven't. They played it at the Willows every Halloween, and I never watched it. I know you think I think I saw it, but I did not see it. Were you, like, sneaking out in, like, the locker room or something? I don't know. I'm sure I was being devious. I don't even know. On a typical, typical Halloween trickster fashion. Oh, yeah. I know. I was, like, tripping over my words. I was like, ugh. What a day. But this, I think that we have to get back to truly how, like, kind of delightful this movie is. Like, even just watching it this afternoon, um, it was like a, a brush, breath of fresh air for someone who hasn't moved significantly in, like, six <laughs> days now. I felt like I was running along right beside them playing baseball. So maybe you can only watch sports movies now. <laughs> maybe. I've done a lot of romantic comedies, um, so <laughs> maybe it's time to move on. Yesterday I watched Leap Year, and I don't know if you've seen it, Megan, but Eleanor and Teddy love the movie Leap Year and love talk Leap about Year. it all the time, and I'd never seen it all the way through because I was out of the country the summer that you guys watched it and got real into it. So I corrected yeah, that I yesterday. I watched it, like, every day. <laughs> we <true>. loved Leap Year. <laughs> it's an awful movie. It's so good. So good. Maybe that can be the movie Teddy goes on our podcast for. Well, we love Leap Year because it's, like, a movie that shouldn't have been made and that, like, really serves no purpose. And everyone who's in it appears to hate the fact that they're in it. And, like, they're just – they're – they just, like, communicate that so viscerally, like, why am I here? What am I doing? And it's perfect. But there are beautiful shots of Ireland. I do have to give that movie that. I was like, whoa, Ireland, I miss you. It's gorgeous. So. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Can we talk about where the Sandlot is supposed to be set? Is it in the valley? What? Hmm? Did I watch Leap Year while I was on the couch? Yes. I watched it yesterday. That was our yesterday afternoon movie. Our yesterday night movie was Me Before You. (laughs) I have a very packed social schedule right now. (laughs) I did not like the way Me Before You ended also. I'll just put that out there. Have you not read the book? No, I never read the book. I was like, I could have told you that ending. such disdain in her voice. (laughs) Apparently. (laughs) 
was your question? Okay, where was this? Where where is it set? Is it in the valley in Southern California? It says in the San Fernando Valley. Okay, well so I, I missed that. <laughs> do you have a hold up on Wikipedia right now? I do. You've seen the movie Eleanor? <laughs> yeah, I've never seen the Sandlot. No, clearly I've seen the Sandlot. So yes, Annie, it's set in the valley. Megan has been to the valley. I have. Uh, Encino. <laughs> Shout out to my boys in Encino. I love Yossi it. also lives there. I'm in. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. And then... <laughs> um, but it was apparently shot in Utah. There you go. Oh. I think part of its charm is that it doesn't matter where it takes place. Yeah, okay. Annie, why did you, like... Uh, get excited about what where it took place. Well, because there were like mountains, but it seemed rather hot the whole time. But it was supposed to be summer, so I was just confused. So and it like could be anywhere in America, true. Well, I mean, not, not in Chicago. We can't play baseball. Yes. Okay, and I also think that we need to talk about the um, what call it. The sin- the Wendy Peppercorn scene, because it is very funny. The fact that they get married, though, in the... I love those en- that ending so much, where they, like, give you all the, like, future stories of all the kids. Like, the one who get, like, lost in the 60s, and Yaya. Oh, my gosh, wait, have I ever told you guys how once I was yeah, at, like, Beltran a... Beltran or whatever his name is? I, well, I went to a dance club in Los Angeles. It was, like, themed for Club 90s. So it was only 90s music. And then they're like, and we have a special guest. It's Yeah Yeah from the Sandlot. Wait, <laughs> like, stop. Yeah, it was really funny because it was also like, oh, he has not done anything since 1993. <laughs> Which was a long time ago. Didn't you guys also kind of think that Xavier was being yeah, but he's too little. Megan, you're smaller than we are. You could get away with that. He's just too little. No, am I the only one here? <laughs> yeah, I think you are. I can't say that I, like, yeah. It was pretty much an all or nothing Come Benny on. thing for me. That bronze skin? <laughs> that bronze skin. Um, I also, okay, so, wait, okay, this is a fun thing that I think we should do. Megan, I can't hear you. What? Talk louder. <laughs> okay, but I can't hear you. you can't hear me. Can you hear me now? Okay, so um, what? Okay, I think this would be a fun game to play. We all, I think, we should choose our favorite boy of the pack. But it cannot be Benny. Benny's off the table because obviously he's like far superior to any of them. So we have to choose outside of it. I love the main kid. I was like, I was obsessed with Scotty when I was little. And I remember I like Why? followed his career. Um, just because I thought he was so cute. Because he was also in U571 in Black Hawk Down. And I remember being like really excited that I was able to pick him out of a crowd in U571. <laughs> really? Yeah, he's in U571. Oh, Eleanor. Okay. That's hilarious. Yeah. And, I, and, that, and I'm not sure if it's because I liked him or I liked the fact that I was able to recognize him in multiple things because Annie might remember this, but, like, when I was a kid, one of my favorite things to do would be to, like, connect which actors went across films. 
And then, like, when IMDb and the internet came out, like, I remember being a little bit hurt that that was being taken away from me as a skill set. (laughs) (laughs) Eleanor did get very upset about that. She's like, my party trick is over. (laughs) That's true. I feel like I've started to lose that ability to connect where I recognize people. It's true. No. I kind of felt that way about Hamilton. (laughs) <laughs> I remember you talking about that how you're like that was my cool story that I got like kids on board for and now like they all know it so it's not cool <laughs> I know that's sad I like the yeah 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 why do you like yeah yeah so much sure. she thought she thought he was so cute I don't know he's kind of like psychotic a little bit and you know Yeah, yeah, I see that. I think that for me, my favorite kid is like Squints. I found him very charming, even though he's terrible. (laughs) Even though the whole Wendy Peppercorn incident? Yeah, he's really at the forefront of the Wendy Peppercorn incident. But I do think it's funny, and I love, like, his job as kind of, like, surveillance during all those times where they're trying to get the ball back from the beast. Like, he clearly won the pick of the draw or something, because whenever anything's blowing up or the beast is, like, going to get them, he's, like, five feet away. Like, he's so okay. So that worked out well for him. It's lovely. one where is it is it yeah yeah who gets like lower down on the catcher's ear <laughs> yes and it's so funny cursor to mission impossible honestly yes Avi. <laughs> everything goes back to um the sandlot and life everything soundtrack it has a great soundtrack it does it's kind of like now or then in that sense I feel like they're Uh similar um in terms of like they were coming of age stories set in the 60s that had really great soundtracks yes Stand By Me, though, was a movie that I didn't come to until, like, much later, I feel like. Same. It's not, like, a childhood movie for me. It's, like, a young adult movie. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's definitely got, like, it's got heavier themes in it, for sure. Yeah, it's dark. It oh is goodness. dark. It's crazy. Okay. Crazy. So, we, okay. yeah, Eleanor, sorry, go ahead. So, do you think... What do you think is the relevance of this film today? So, and like, what would you recommend it to kids, and why? Well, kind of what Annie was saying. In a way, it's not that relevant because I feel like it's actually not experienced that like kids could probably relate to very much. But probably for that express purpose, I would, because it's like kind of speaks to like yesteryear. But then, but then you kind of like run the risk of being super nostalgic. But I yeah, and that, not 
understanding your nostalgia. But I think part wasn't that part of the appeal of this movie initially is that for parents of kids who watch this, like in our generation, it it felt more real to them, where it was like part of. So, so now it would be interesting if it was like we have missed, we have this like kind of constructed nostalgia for a time in which we did not live because we've accepted another generation's nostalgia. So, like, how do we keep generating more nostalgia? That that's the question. <laughs> This is where I go full grad school on you guys. Yeah, you're using all these big words I don't understand anymore. You must have studied film. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, but like, we have elements of it. We can relate to elements of it. Like, like you said, the neighborhood friends, the plane outside. We're just, we were just, like, one step removed from it, and now they're two steps removed from it, I feel like. Right. I mean, I, I agree, um with both of you guys but I actually feel like this movie would be good for for, like when I think of like whether or not children should watch this today I like always go back to my students and I actually think it would be good for them to watch it because not only does it show this like active being outside childhood but it kind of goes beyond that and teaches like about what like friendship looks like um and then also it encourages them to like reach for their dreams. Like, and yes, it's like not everybody who's. What are the elements of friendship that are? <laughs> it's a lot about teamwork. Yeah. And like, and, like they and understanding that people grow and change, and that initial impressions might be wrong. Right. Because or they might be accurate, and then people can still change. But like, I mean, what I'm thinking about is like. Benny is, you know, yes, he's an idyllic character for sure, as we've talked about, but he is so kind to to Scott, Scotty at the beginning. Like, he's this complete dork, complete dweeb. He, like, gives him a baseball hat, like, tells him how to catch and how to pit and all of these things and to throw. And he really didn't have to, you know? Like, he just wanted to play baseball. He didn't have to be kind about it, but he was. So I think that's good for, like kids to see like a kid just being genuinely nice and not only is he nice he's like the hero of the story so that he is heroes can be nice too exactly yeah yeah he's like a messianic character like a messianic character like there's nothing wrong with him (laughs) (laughs) that's gonna be my new etsy side hustle i can't think of a single thing Okay. Well, we wrap up here at Good Film Hunting by saying where in the world we'd want to go right now. So, who wants to go first? Mm. Mm. I'm pretty excited to go to New York. Hemisphere. Yeah, none of this, like, winter stuff. Yeah. New York. <laughs> yeah, none of this. Uh, I know for me, I would be like, yeah, super I go. Hot. Oh no! Uh, what did you say? We lost you. Oh really? I go somewhere in Utah, I think. Dry, oh. sunshine, red rock, and I kind of wish down that I. Oh my gosh. 
gosh. Yeah. You'll, I feel like you'll learn. I feel like that's something that's not too far away from you. It's, yeah, like, it's in your wheelhouse. You have these skills that you could develop at any point, and we trust that you do. Yes. Um, that's where I'd go then. Utah. <laughs> so this is going to sound terribly heinous of me, but I would choose to go to China. Why? Because when you go to China, and I saw this hiking in China, you can pay to have people carry you up a mountain in a chair. And I really want to be outside right now, but can't walk up mountains myself. So I would like I to go gonna there. Say, I thought you were going to say China for some sort of like illegal back transplant. Yeah, <laughs> no. I know. I was like, oh, like, Annie, like, if you really wanted like acupuncture, you could get it in America. <laughs> no. Black market, baby. No, I just want people to carry me around like I'm a princess. That's where I'm at. So. Maybe your mom will do it. No. Oh, my gosh. Robin's been too good to me. Too good, probably. I believe that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> she keeps me fed all the time. <laughs> anyway, this has been a delightful conversation. Listeners, <laughs> check us out on Facebook, Instagram. Oh, uh, Eleanor said New York, didn't you? Yeah, I'm excited to go. Real. Oh, yeah, I would because I'm, like, getting pretty excited to be there. So that – and I could be there now and I'd be okay with that. All right. Sorry if I cut you off, Eleanor. I thought I'd heard it. Oops. Anyway, follow us on. Annie's, like, definitely maybe still secretly on her medicine and doesn't want us to let us know that she's an opioid addict and it's like, trying to cover it up unsuccessfully. All I've done today is take ibuprofen to decrease the inflammation in my lower back. Because did you know that that's something that can happen? Oh, yeah. One side of my body is, like, swollen. Like, one hip area is, like... Anyway, we don't need to talk about this. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, although we don't tweet very often. Maybe I'll do that in my convalescence. And then um, we will talk later. Bye.